Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Welcome to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, Dave Sterling, and I'm Tony Pervedanzi. Dave Stevens is on assignment. No, he's not actually on assignment. He is actually in Argentina for work. He's scouting. He's scouting players for the United. Um, so this is the second uh, podcast in a row that Dave has missed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, What's up with that? I don't know. I think maybe he's trying to find another podcast to do. Potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Um, offers, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we are, of course, part of the Beautiful Game Network, uh, bgn.fm. Uh, you can also find us on our website now. We have a website. We do have a website, lucypodcast.com. Lucypodcast.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, yeah, we're on everything. Yeah, so we're available on iTunes. iTunes, yeah, everywhere. So... Um, before we begin, of course, we want to talk about the beers that we're drinking. Dave has graciously brought us some beers from North Dakota. Now, these aren't Minnesota beers. These are North Dakota beers, but it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, they're, if they're going to cheer for someone, you'd hope that they're cheering for Minnesota United. So. Yeah, I'd hope so. These are the from Drecker Brewing in Fargo, Nodak. This is the People Eater Blueberry Basil Sour Ale. And I love sours. And this is a very good, very good sour ale, so. Yeah, you know, I, I really like it, too. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't taste the basil anywhere, but um, otherwise, it's it's very, very solid, solid beer. That's Yeah, if you hear in the background, we have the heater going in my garage. I'm going to shut it off right now. Unfortunately, it's spiking us a bit too much. So anyways, back to the podcast. Sorry about that, guys. It is getting a little cold out in Minnesota here, so we're trying to do this from my garage, and having a garage heater makes it better, but of course it sounds a little bit crazy. A um, couple of housekeeping things before we get into uh, some other stuff, some, of course, United Talk and some other things that Dave wants to talk about. Um, I want to thank John Andrewski for graciously uh, stepping in for me and Dave while we were on vacation. Uh, he did a great job on the podcast, even though he says he didn't do a great job. Right. And, uh, of course, my only problem with Johnny last, or two weeks ago, was him drinking water in the podcast. So I understand that. And, yeah. and I pointed out on that episode that there was an episode that I drank water. Right? Yeah, there was, yeah, there was an episode you drank water, which is fine. You know, he did a fantastic job. You know, hey, 
you're stepping in for a couple guys and, and you're going to have a different way of doing things. Yeah. That's totally fine. And, you know? He, you know, he's never done it. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, he's participated, but... Yes, he has participated, but never done the hosting gigs. Well, he's in hosting one. When I was in Wisconsin, Dallas, he kind of hosted. Oh, that's a good point. He did yeah. the intro. He did the intro. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, Dave and I uh, wanted to call in. We were in uh, we were in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, we were on a cruise. I'll, I'll get into that later. But uh, we wanted to call in. We were having some technical difficulties. Didn't work out. Uh, but uh, we did we did make it back fine. Um, and I guess we'll talk about the cruise later because it was interesting. I got to see another, a more uh, famous podcast on ours live in person, just slightly, just slightly. Uh, and it was it was a great time. So, uh, Dave, you want to say a couple things before we get started on the loon stuff? Yeah. So first off, I want to congratulate the Milwaukee Brewers for making the postseason. Mm. Of course you did. Jeez. Of course. Now it's down to today. Yeah. For the division. Yeah. Uh, Cubs and Brewers are tied with a game left, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, second thing is uh, it's been a tenuous, tenuous week in politics. Yes, it has been. And, uh, you know, we always pride ourselves in not talking about politics on this podcast, so I'm not really going to talk about pol- politics at all. Yeah. But I wanted to point out the fact that one of the coolest things about sports is and, and soccer, especially with how diverse it is, is that you can have people from the entire political spectrum mm-hmm. who would be at each other's throats every day of the week talking about politics, but one game a week can come together yes. and, and cheer for a team. Correct. And it, you know, Minnesota is especially interesting with this because, of course, we have the we have the Red Moons, which is a communist supporters group. Wow. And we also have the Mill City Ultras, which are Antifa um, connected. And then we have an anarcho-capitalist group, which I think is pretty small, but they're very libertarian. Cool. And then we have a whole bunch of, you know, everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really interesting to see that, you know, you can put your political opinions aside for one game a week yeah. and, and, and support the team. And it, one thing that kind of pissed me off on Thursday was right when it was the peak of hysteria for the political world was that there were a number of soccer analysts, talking heads on Twitter, deciding to use their feed mm. to have their political opinion. And I don't yeah. care what their political opinion is. Yeah. You know, I, I could care less. But the reality is it, it drove me nuts because I like seeing... Matt Doyle from Armchair Analyst um, from MLS, and then uh, Jeff Reuter from The Athletic, and Andrew Weeb from MLS, Taylor Twellman from ESPN, talking soccer, whether it's MLS, whether it's USL, USSF, whether it's the EPL, whatever. It's always nice to see their insight, to interact with them. And it seemed like every single tweet I saw on Thursday and Friday, too, was politics related oh. and it, I'm just like you know what I get it set it aside just yeah. don't just don't deal with that kind of stuff yeah. and it, you know I understand that you want to be involved and people will argue well you have to be involved to some point and I'm like well sure you have to be involved to some point but the reality is try to keep it out of your sports feed 
Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I get I understand Jeff because he he kind of he does a lot of soccer stuff from his own his own personal account as sure. opposed to the athletic. Sure, sure. But when it's like Andrew Weeb and it's Matt Doyle and it's Taylor Twelman, they you know, people are expecting to hear a lot of soccer stuff and they mm-hmm. end up seeing this political stuff. And you know, when you look at these their accounts and you see they have hundred thousands of followers and then these political tweets are getting like you know, a couple thousand interactions. It's like maybe that's a hint yeah. that their followers yeah. don't want to hear that stuff. So it, I, I've really liked the fact that we've kind of kept this podcast away from that polarizing political issue. I mean, even my own personal Twitter account, I've cut way back on the politics. Yeah. Just because I know that people can can see things and I don't want to ostracize anyone. I don't want to alienate anyone. Yeah, and it, you know it's it's just really kind of cool that sports can kind of separate those things, you know whether it's you know what's happening in St. Paul or whether it's what's happening in City Hall or or DC or even Brussels with the EU whatever, if we can kind of ignore that noise sometimes, yes, or most of the time, I think a lot of people would appreciate it because it's you know it's it's obviously important. I mean, I built my degree around it, but. I mean, it's still at the same time, there's way more to life than politics. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's not going to matter what we say. No. So let's keep it about sports. Yeah, that brings up a good point too, Dave, because I really want to talk about the political climate in Otsego, about City Hall. I want to make, I'm just kidding. I have no, <laughs> I have no problems with Otsego. Um, Dave brings up a good point, uh, you know, seeing uh, players, well, commentators especially, and even celebrities talk about politics. I, you know, again, I, I don't want to throw anybody out. I, if you like the Minnesota United, great. Then let's talk about the Minnesota United. Let's not talk about politics. Let's not talk about, you know, whatever. Let's just do this, what we're doing right now. Let's just do this and leave that stuff for CNN yeah. and MSNBC and all those other people to deal with. Exactly. You know? So, with that said, uh, and again... Go Brewers. Go Brewers, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Portland, right? Portland, which was uh, last week, right? Yeah. Last Saturday. I uh, watched some of the game. I actually watched right at the end of the game when uh, Portland was trying to uh, come back. And I was playing. Doing very well at it. And they were, yeah. And I was playing the, here we go again. Uh, we're going to screw this up because we, we need to win these games. And... You know, they actually pulled it out. You know, it was it was a it was a how would I put it? It was a good win by the loons. It was a win because it's a win, but it was a poor finish to the game. And we'll get in and we'll get into that too with last night's game as well. You know, another good game last night, but a poor finish from the loons. So let's get into who who scored for the loons last week. So uh, Romario Ibarra. Had yes. a brace. Yes. Uh, and then also uh, Michael Boxall had a goal. Nice. So Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, great to see both of those guys get on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was really it was really a tale of two halves. The first half was fantastic. I mean, you unfortunately missed the best part of the game. I got, you know what, I got into it probably at the, I think I got into it when they scored the third goal. Okay. So right at the end of the half. Right at the end of the half. 
and then I was watching most of the second half. So I saw the last of the best parts, as you would say. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, we had three goals, another two really good chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, we controlled possession the entire first half. The passing was really good. You know, we just looked threatening the entire half. And, you know, the first goal came in the 17th minute. Yep. Uh, it was assisted by Darwin. It was a really, really nice uh, uh, pass from, I believe it was uh, Max Miano. Oh. And um, passed it into Darwin, who slipped past the defense. And, you know, he, he did what he does. Yes. And drew defenders, stopped dead in his tracks. Spins around, boom, finds Romario on the back post. You, you can't get any more clinical than that, that goal. That goal was just a fantastic team effort. It's like, I, I look at Darwin, and I've said this before, it's almost like somebody is controlling him on FIFA. Right. I mean, seriously, the moves that he makes, I just, I marvel at them because he just, I don't know any, there's other guys who could do that. Right. There are, but, but for us in Minnesota... We've never we've never seen that oh, right. in person before. Yeah, I mean, we've never had a guy like this. And it, you know, not to get sidetracked too much, but I remember somebody this past week. I think it was on Twitter, uh, maybe from the Strib. Can't remember, uh, or maybe Pioneer Press said it's interesting to see that quite possibly the best athlete in Minnesota mm-hmm. is a, a soccer, soccer player. player. Yep, yep. Because he's got the. I mean, obviously. 90% of Minnesotans don't know who Darwin Gutierrez is. Nope. But of the soccer community, you have all of these people, especially the, the Latino oh, yeah. um, selection of our population who know the um, teams in Liga MX, have seen him play in Liga MX, know who he is. I mean, he's, he's a superstar to most Liga MX fans. Yeah. Uh, and so... To have a player like him be a soccer player, yeah, is is pretty cool. Yeah. So, again, we ramble on about Darwin, but he's great. Yep. Um, second goal uh, last week was again Ibarra, Romario Ibarra. Okay. And uh, you know, again, this was just a lot of good pressure by Minnesota. Uh, Vilfiana, uh, I totally butchered that name. Attempted to uh, pass it in the center of the pitch, and it, for whatever reason, um, uh, Polo had you know he couldn't handle the pass. I don't. It didn't seem like it was a crazy pass, but for whatever reason, he couldn't bounce mm-hmm. off of him. And of course, who is there waiting to get that ball? Was Darwin? Of course. And he, he immediately turned to goal, and he fed the perfect through ball to Ibarra. And Romario put it in again. Of course. Goal number two. Yep. Brace in the first half. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it, I, I should point out that Romario had a really good run that split the defense. Yeah. Um, Ridgewell and uh, uh, and uh, Cascante, again, probably just butchered that name. Um, you know, that he split them right in half. And yep. it was, I mean, again, a perfect, perfect pass. Yep. Um uh, and there was that. So, uh, goal three. Yes. Came off set piece, which, 
which so rarely happens with us. Never happens with us. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I mean, it was a fantastic strike by Michael Boxel. Mm-hmm. But I want to give credit to Francisco Calvo because Calvo was outside of the box and probably a you know a split second after the yep. after the corner came in. He cuts in front of Ridgewell, and Ridgewell kind of turned himself away from the ball. Yeah. And so the ball just kind of skirted on through into the box mm-hmm. and dropped right at Boxel's feet, and he had a perfect shot. And so we talked about, we talked about this, the, the plays that they're supposed to be doing on these set pieces. Obviously, that potentially be a play that they had yeah. been working on, but we had so many issues in the beginning of the season with the, well, we're just going to do a little, uh, little little kick to the guy and then try to, without doing any kind of play yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And so now we're seeing what a play can do for a set piece. Yeah, exactly. Get a goal, man. Yep. You know, and it, it's it's some of those things that I kind of wonder, you know, Cavill's been playing at left back, which I'd like to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wonder, had he not been at left back, but at a center back position, sure. would he have been in that same place to do that? Yeah. Because he was, he he was kind of off, you know, maybe twenty five yards out. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looked like he was playing for you know a potential counter. Potential. Yep. And so I don't know if he had been in his normal position, would he have been there to do that? Um, so there's that. But you know, I think, yeah, it's it's a sign that for whatever reason why this didn't happen earlier in the year, it's a sign that our players are understanding that tactics that they're supposed to be mm-hmm. implementing. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, I mean, Kevin didn't do anything. I mean, no. he literally just ran into the box, all distracted have, a player. That's all you have to do, though. Yeah. Just distract a player, get him off his game a little bit, and then pass it in, and there you go. Yep. So, you know, we had uh, three other chances that half. Um, I, I think at the outset I said there was only two, but now I'm looking at my notes. I forgot to mark one. Um Ibar had a really great chance uh, in the 12th minute. Uh, shot it just wide. Then in the two chances in the 33rd minute. Um, oh. Again, it was... Uh, I think it was uh, Miguel again, who... Yeah, it was off the crossbar. Again, it was started by Darwin. Came in, drew some defense, passed it off to Schuler. Schuler got it into... Ibarra and yep, Ibarra put it right off the post. Yeah, I think I saw that one. I think I, mean, I was, saw that one. It yes, was a burner too. I mean, yeah, it, just, it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then also, Calvo had a really good chance mm-hmm. in that literally like twenty seconds later. Sure. Uh, where Schuler and him were doing a nice little exchange in the left side, and I mean, it, the angle was insane. If that would have gone in, it would have been impressive. But uh, Clark had to make a save. So yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was on the right path, but I don't yeah. think it it wasn't terribly difficult for Clark. Yeah. So, so so we go into the half up three nil. Right. Right? So I started watching it at the end of the first half, and I'm going, Well, oh, this game is like we're we're coasting. I mean, this is what this is what we should be doing right now. And then the second half comes out and the wheels start falling off the bus. Yeah, I mean we were completely flat. Yep. Uh you know, and obviously Portland actually uh, started a little bit weaker team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, 
Valeri didn't come out till the seventy third minute, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, so there's that. They had their key playmakers sitting on the bench, but you know, we we came out flat footed, and that's it's so typical of us. And it, mm-hmm. this is the one thing that I do put squarely on Adrian Heath. Yes, something has to be done with how he prepares the team when we're up. When we have a lead, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, I've seen recently how they've come out in the half, or second half, I should say, where they need that urgency and it's there. Yes. So he can do that to a point, but for whatever reason, when we have a lead, there's an extra switch that he needs to turn on. Yeah, it's... He just hasn't figured out. Yeah, we I mean, we talked about this before. It's we get this lead, and all of a sudden it's like, well, shit. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And then we come out flat, and we're not making crisp passes anymore, and we're not trying to. It's almost like we're not trying to score anymore. We're kind of right. sitting back a little bit, and things just aren't kind of flowing like they were in the first half. Yep. And I don't. I I, I don't. I, it's probably more. It's probably on Adrian Heath to come out and say, "Here, here's what you need to do, guys." You know, or maybe it comes to the point where Adrian needs to, if he sees flat play in the first ten minutes of the second half, maybe he needs to substitute somebody out right away. Yeah, and that's and a get good somebody with more energy in there who's you know trying to get on the start in the starting lineup to kind of get some excitement yeah. going again. And it, you know that's been my biggest complaint of Adrian Heath since he's come here last year is. His substitutions are really pretty bizarre. I think mm-hmm. that game, our first sub came in on maybe late 70s. Yeah, it wasn't until late. And again, last night was the same way. Um, you know, and you can just tell that there's... Yeah, that sense of his coaching is just a little weird. Well, I think he, I think he's almost scared because he only has three subs to make. Right. And I think he gets scared that... Oh shit! If I make a sub, you know, within ten minutes after the start of the second half, I only got two more subs left. What happens if this happens right. and this happens, and this happens, and this happens? He's like looking at disaster protocol, right? Instead of going, okay, if I make one sub now, maybe that player with more energy, more excitement, more, you know, whatever, can lead us to a victory. So I don't have to make those last two subs. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and I think our injuries could be a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I. We seem to have an injury almost every game. Mm-hmm. So that can really go into that disaster program. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to use a sub in the 50th minute, but what happens if so-and-so ends up going down in the but 60th? Again, you can't play that game. It, it, you can't play that game in sports. No. You can't play the what-if game in sports. Right. You have to just go for the win. You can't be thinking five steps away. Well, if this guy gets injured and this happens, this then I got to... You can't right. do that. You have to go... For what's you gotta go for what's happening now. Yeah, you know? I agree. So yeah. the wheels came off. Yep. I'm watching it. I'm getting pissed off because I'm like, I just started watching this, we're having a good time, and all of a sudden we're just like, we're gonna we're gonna lose this, we're gonna get tied or we're gonna lose this damn game. Right. And then it's gonna be all over, and our next, you know, couple podcasts at the end of the season are gonna be what could have been, these games are just playing out the season, you know, who gives yep. a shit, what's going on? But they did pull it out. They did. Barely. Barely. Uh, they did. You know, I mean, the, the, the first goal, 
in the 55th minute. Um, you, you can't do anything about it. You know, it, it was a it was a craw or sorry corner. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, Calvo headed it out. Uh, you know, pretty typical clearance. Yep. What do you do? And it, it fell directly to um, Powell's feet. Yep. The only complaint that I'd have here is Max and Schuler maybe could have pressured more. Yeah. But, I mean, it, at the same time, that shot was so good. It was a good shot. And, I mean, what do you do on those? It, you're yeah. clearing the ball with a header. Yeah. It's only going to go so far. At some point, it's going to hit a guy right in right below his feet there, and he's yeah. going to hit one a screamer, and it's going to go in. I mean, it's going to happen in games. There's not a lot you can do about those right. situations. Yeah, you know, and I mean... They scored that goal, and I, I actually clapped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the goal was fantastic. It's a good goal. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. No. I just, no. You know, I can't fault anyone. It's just the way it goes. And it, it was 3-1, so who cares? Yeah. You know, uh, you know it, we, we had some other chances, too. Um, 72nd minute, uh, we had uh, Quintero uh, almost chipped Clark. I saw that one, yes. Which was... Spec- would have been spectacular had it gone in. That was. He had just a little too much on it. Yep. Just a little bit. And it was literally right the corner of the post. Yeah, it was. It was like, just like, yeah. it was like right there. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. And that would have sealed it, obviously. Yeah, it would have. And yeah. we wouldn't even talk about the second goal. No. Because no. it would have been 14. Exactly right. But needless to say, it didn't go in. So we had a second goal. And now this one, you know. Again, this was prototypical Minnesota United because we had maxed everything right and getting to pushing the ball out wide, <clears throat> and then Miller just kind of fell asleep, and he allowed. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting who it was. He allowed. I don't even have it in my notes. He allowed Some the guy. pass into the box to Blanco, and Blanco had a. Perfect shot because guess what? He was completely unmarked. Unmarked, yep. You have two center backs who were basically flat footed. Yep. And, you know, it is what that is. You know, yep. that was, again, prototypical Minnesota United. Uh, at that point, it, it, well, it was the 78th minute. Yep. At that point, I'm on my couch going, uh, we're going to lose this flipping game because we just looked like. We look like shit, okay. you know. Our this, our Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing for the loons comes out. You know, hey, this there were Doctor Jekyll and this one. Now Mister Hyde, you know, I thought for sure we were done. And then to go into it, and we had it was the Bob play in the 88th minute, which I watched the whole elbow to the flipping neck thing, yeah. which I was pissed off about because I'm like, he's just trying to go for the ball and. The guy is kind of like this, and he's Bob's up here, yeah. and red card it. You know, yeah. red card. There you go. You know, in in my notes, I have that I simply do not see Mm-mm. intent. No. I mean, it, it's a head. For one, they head it. Yep. So it goes in the air. Yeah. So they're going for another header. Yep. What's going to happen when you jump? Your mm-hmm. arms don't stay pinned to your side. Well, they're supposed to, I guess, in soccer. Yeah. And it, already they just did a header, so the arms are out to begin with. Yep. And so, I don't know. I, I've watched it no, numerous times. I just don't see 
legitimate movement. No. They appealed the red card that stood. So clearly the league still thinks it was legit, but I don't know. I, you know, and for me, it's one of those plays where just let them play. You know, yeah. I, I don't throw a yellow at them if you want to throw a yellow. Go throw a yellow, but don't throw a flipping red yeah. in the what 88th minute of a three to two game. Yeah, give me a break. And it, what's worse is Valeri is he's notorious for diving to begin with. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a very smart player. Mm-hmm. He saw an opportunity and mm-hmm. he took advantage of it. Had he not fallen to the ground, yeah. I don't think it would have been anything. No, it would have been anything. No, Might have been a foul. Been. Yeah, but that's it. But you give him a red card, and then all of a sudden, oh look, we're down a man now. Yeah. With two minutes and change left to play. Yeah. And I think we ended up having six minutes of stoppage. Yeah, it was a lot of stoppage. Yeah. You know, but as we said a few times, we managed to hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, it was very nervy, nervy last few minutes, that's for sure. So not only did we lose Bob in this game, right? we lost Maximiano in this game. Because again, he managed to accumulate. I don't know how. I don't know how it works. I, I mean, it, usually you see accumulations mm-hmm. show up toward the end of the season. But mm-hmm. he's actually been out now twice for accumulations. Yeah, exactly right. So, I, you know, I mean, he's a lone player. So, you know, you wonder if we're going to if we're gonna sign him because there's supposedly an option. Yeah. Uh, but you have to wonder, do they want to deal with that? Um. I, I guess we'll see how he does the next through the end of the season. I would right, say. Right. I mean, he'll be back because losing Bob and losing Maximiano really screwed us for the game last night. Right. Because we didn't have our number six. Our number six. And so with those two losses, even though we won this game last week, I'm going, oh shit! Next week we're gonna have a screwed up lineup because we don't have number six. Yep. And what the hell are we going to do? Well, on top of that, you know, Romario went out with an injury, which we yeah. didn't mention. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, all of a sudden now we're back to not having this left winger that mm-hmm. has come out of nowhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely was not um, overly positive coming out of that game. And we're going to talk about this for the next game because Romario, or as I to call Abara Jr., was injured. Our favorite guy got to come yeah. into the starting lineup for this last next last night's game. Yeah, we'll we'll leave him unnamed until <laughs> we actually talk about him. Uh, when I saw now I was, when I saw the lineup last night on TV, I almost texted you. Oh, I knew you were at the games. I didn't want to text, but I was texting said, "Hey, look who look who's in the starting lineup. Ooh, our favorite dude's back in." Yeah, and he's been gone. He was this is his first game in six games, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably what yeah, happened. yeah. You know, I mean, he's definitely a lone player that I don't see coming back. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But anyway, quick stats. Oh, Just Dave's not here, here, though. We can't do any Dave's stats. Dave's not here. <laughs> That's right. We're just going to leave you in the dark of the stats. Um, <laughs> you know, we we edged out the shots. I didn't put the numbers down. I think it was 13 to 10. Uh, but the, or no, 18 to 15, I think it was. Um, shots on goal, we won two to one. I mean, yeah, we had a we lot had of shots on goal. A lot of shots on goal. Almost all of them came in the first half. First half, of course. Yep. Um, corners were nearly two to one again. Almost all of them came in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, passing it was actually really low. Um, I went back through a few other games, and 
we we did not pass much, and we were at seventy one percent, which isn't great, but it's not terrible. No. Um, and I didn't check on Portland's passing. I think it was yeah. mid seventies. Sure. So, you know, um, I think uh, Romar, well Mario and Romario and um, Darwin were on team of the week. Yep. Uh, which was pretty cool. And Darwin had the Audi scoring index top. Yes, he did. Uh, which was insane. It was like 1,390-some points or something like that. Yeah, and the uh, well, we're missing Dave. So I'm going to say number two in the Audi index was... Um, who do you think it was? Who do you think number two was in the Audi index? I'm just going to throw a name out there because Dave's I, not here to I say it. I think it was... If I had to guess, it was probably Joseph Martinez. Cause you think so? Yeah. I could be wrong with that. I'm going to say it was Alexi Lawless. I'm just going to say that. Put that on the right. Well, Dave's not here. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Maybe it was Landon Donovan. It could have been Landon Donovan. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. I mean, especially since how arbitrary the Audi Index is. You know, it yeah. could be pretty much anybody. Yeah. could have been John. Yeah, it could have been John Andrewski. Yeah. Uh, and this is why I miss Dave, because he'd be here throwing us all these this information that yeah, we have exactly. no idea what's going on, but he knows what's going on. So, we won last week. We are still in the playoff hunt. Right. and it, Still there. Uh, you know, I decided to be a little proactive on our Twitter account. I saw that, yes. And I uh, tweeted out that we were, you know, for anyone who thinks we're still in the playoff hunt, who wants to think we're in the playoff hunt. Yes. Uh, this game last night was do or die. It yeah, had to huge. be a win. Huge, yeah. Because it's already, um, the analogy I used was, it's already Mount Denali in terms of a mountain to climb. Yes. If we lost last night, it was going to be Mount Everest. Yes, it was. Quite honestly, it's probably more like Mount Everest mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, last night was a do or die do or die win. So let's set up last night's game. So do or die win. No Bob. No Maximiano. No Romario. No Romario. So three guys were missing, okay? Yep. Out of those three guys, Romario is, of course, the, probably the biggest of those three guys, I would yeah, say. Yeah, you know, because we've, we've survived without our number sixes. Yeah. And I would say Bob and Maximiano are kind of in between. But again, we talked about not having number six. Right. So we knew the lineup last night was going to be completely changed over. Yep. So last night comes, and I see the lineup, and our buddy... Alexi Gomez. Alexi Gomez is starting. And I'm going, oh, here we go. This is going to be a loss because Gomez is in there, and he's going to do something stupid, and we're going to lose this game. And we've got... In the midfield, we had what Warner and who's the other? Uh, Schuler. Schuler. Yeah, we had those two sitting there. So Warner started out, um, and I thought for sure I was like, "This is not going to be good. We're just this is not a lineup that has played together in this form, right? In quite a while. In quite a while. Yeah. So I'm going, eh, "This is not going to be a good thing." Yeah, you know the the nice thing that I saw was Jerry was back. Mm-hmm. You know, he came back and he got injured right away. Completely yep. different injury. Yeah. So then he missed again. And so he was back. I really liked the fact that, again, Calvo was at left back. Mm-hmm. I tweeted this out as well that the dude's actually pretty good at left back. He is. Yep. And it, 
you know, he's said openly that he doesn't like playing a left back. Too bad. But the dude's a left back. Too bad. I mean, the reality is, I know he likes being a center back, but he's too technically um, skillful yes. to be wasted at a center back. Exactly right. He's not big enough to be a center back. And we needed that last night because he was playing behind Gomez. Yeah. So we needed that. Yeah, you know, he's got the defensive savvy to be on the back line. Mm-hmm. But he's just not a center back. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, playing in front of a <laughs> a guy like Gomez, mm-hmm. or last week, a guy like Romario, mm-hmm. who is strong suit. Well, actually, I guess last week he wasn't. In- Romario was up top. Yeah. Um, but in normal circumstances, a guy like Romario, who would be more prone to be offensive. Yes. Gomez is, I guess, what? prone to be offensive. Or, what? what was that? Prone to be offensive? What was that? Okay. I mean, <laughs> if you have to pick or choose, <laughs> the lesser of two evils, I guess, offense. Okay. All right. Um, so, you know, that's where he belongs. He belongs on the left where he doesn't need to be terribly defensive. Yes. Because it's, it's the fullback spot. They get to be a little bit more offensive. Yeah. But... He's also offensive. So, I mean, how many center backs do you see who can charge through the box with the ball at his feet? 360. I know there's a there's a term for that, and I can't think of what it is. Um, 360 with the ball right at his foot. Go around a player, do maybe a crossover, and get a shot off. Center backs don't do that. No, they don't. And Calvo can do that on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I'm describing a particular uh, play last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he's done it before. I mean, the, the dude can play. And it, he doesn't belong at center back. So it's fantastic to see him at left back because yes. I think it, it really works with his skill set. And even at left back, he can still get up there offensively. He did last night. Yeah. He got up there offensively a couple times and, and made some passes and yep. did some things. And it's great. At center back, you really can't do that. Yeah, you got to stay home. You got to stay home because just in case something breaks down, you got to be back there. Yep. And, I mean, that's why it's worked with him when we did the 3-5-2. Uh, the it worked because he was... He was that third center back. Sure. So again, he could kind of he could roam forward. He could roam. He was a roamer. Center backs. Yeah. He could be roaming. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was another positive for me. Uh, you know, I really I really like Schuler, and he gets left out when we're doing the two sixes. Yeah. And obviously, you're not supposed to be doing two sixes, mm-hmm. but I get it. You know, Max has been trying to develop over the season. Bob's brand new, so mm-hmm. it makes sense to have both of them. Yep. Um, I don't blame Heath for being apprehensive about that at all. But so, I think, you know, I think Schuler's going to be here next year. Yes. Because he's still young and he's got some good talent. So I'd like to see him back out. Um, I'm, I was ecstatic that Ibsen wasn't in the lineup. I was surprised. I, I was too. I mean, you you lost... You lost Max and Bob. I thought for sure 
that means Ibsen's going to be in there somewhere. Well, yeah, you gotta you lose two Brazilians, you gotta make it up for one at least. Yeah, but Ibsen was on the yeah. bench. Yeah, you know, um, I was surprised by that. Ecstatic though. Otherwise, what? you know, I mean, Angelo was obviously um, injured. He you know came in as a sub against Portland. Yeah. So it was his first start, which was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, first start back, I should say. So that was good. Um, but overall, I'm with you. Alexi Gomez was terrifying. It was that was not good. And I don't think he played any of our fears. No, no. he was terrible. <laughs> I think he was pretty much the, exactly the player we thought he was. Yeah. So we go into last night's game thinking it's going to be potentially a shit show. Right. Goat rodeo. We're playing New York FC. They've already locked in their playoff spot, yeah. but they're still trying for home pitch advantage. Right, yeah. So they do have something to play for. Yeah. Um, but we are at home, and we looked at the stats before we even got on, started this podcast. We're 10 4 1 at home. Yeah. Okay. We're 1 12 and 2. And 2 on the road. So we're playing at home. We got a chance. We have a good chance. Yeah. So, I'm a little bit. I was a little bit fifty-fifty on this game last right. night. So we go into this game, and the uh, what minute did we hit our first goal? Was that nineteenth minute? Uh, yeah, the nineteenth minute was the first goal. Yeah, nineteenth minute, first goal. So of course Darwin sets it up. Yeah. He's at midfield. Well, he's in the box. Was he in the box? Um. Well, it's just outside the box. Yeah. Nice pass over to Ibarra, yep. who then crosses it in to Angelo yep. on a dime. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Darwin-esque. And the, the pace was really good, too. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And Angelo heads it in for a flipping goal. Right. And it, yeah, I mean, it was a perfect setup. It was mm-hmm. perfect cross. It was, I mean, the, I mean, obviously, I think anyone could have headed that in. Of course, well, of course, perfect. of course. At that point, the New York FC started calling offsides, offsides. Off. They were all it was offside. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they did the replay. It was he was perfect. He was there. Well, and what's even worse is it wasn't even close to offside. I mean, Angela was at least at, at least two yards back, and it. I, I put it in my notes, and I John and I were talking about this at the game. Is if Sean Johnson had played goalie, yeah, instead of whining for an immediate uh-huh. um, offsides, uh-huh. he may have had a better play on that cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he Johnson stayed on his line, mm-hmm. and so that he created a huge lane yeah. for that ball to go through, and you could tell from the very moment that that cross was going, he was looking mm-hmm. offside. Yep. Had he just played, yep. like you're supposed to, he could have stepped off the line and it easily snatched that ball. And we're going to get into the New York uh, FC goalie a little bit later on because he, the whole game, he was chirping at the refs. Oh, yeah. The whole game. He almost got a yellow card. He almost got a yellow card. Uh, but uh, So, of course, we go up 1-0, and I'm going, I'm still kind of 50-50 on this. Right. I'm saying... We scored a goal, but guess what happens when we get leads? We go into turtle mode and we stop playing. Right. And so, but 
in this case, we still the pace was still great for the loons. I mean, they were yep. still making plays, passes, everything like that. Their countering was pretty easy. Their counter was pretty easy. Um, so then we get into what was it the thirty eighth minute when the uh, when run, <laughs> which was an incredible play. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. The announcers are talking about that 99 out of 100 times on that type of play, you're not going to get the ball. One out of 100, you are, and this was one out of 100. I mean, uh, the defender made a bad pass back, trying to get it back to the goalie. Yeah. And Angelo saw it and said, I can get to this pass. And he got it, deked out the goalie, went in for a little, you know, just a little tapper in. Yeah. Scored the goal. Yeah, you know, in the. Uh... I actually blame their their center back, uh, Sebastian. I can't say his name. I think it's Abega. Abega. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Abega. Yeah. And because when Sweat got the ball on mm-hmm. the left, or, yeah, on the left wing, um, Abega was pointing back to Johnson. Mm-hmm. He was telling Sweat to pass back, mm-hmm. and. It, I don't think he should have passed it back. No, I don't think so either. Uh, but the problem was is not only did he pass back, I don't – he barely even hit the thing. No, he like tapped it. I mean, he was like trickling. Yeah, it's like, hello. Yeah. Okay. I, and, it, you know, it's I, – I had somebody um, suggest to me this morning on Twitter that we shouldn't really credit Angelo for that goal. And it's interesting that they were talking about that on the, on the broadcast because mm-hmm. obviously – I know that he was at the game, um, and I was at the game, so I didn't hear that. And and so it's interesting to see, oh, the the commentators are mm-hmm. making a point that that's not as easy as it should be. No, it's not. And so my response to him was, it still requires awareness. Yep. It still requires the the pressure that Angelo was pushing mm-hmm. up forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I said something else, too, I don't remember. But it's... It requires Angelo to be doing something. It requires to be there to get that ball. You're right. It require. You're right. It requires intelligence to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. It also requires a certain athletic. You have to. You have to be able to run quickly. Yeah. To get there, you have to be off in a second. You have to know and get there and make that play. Yep. So if you're not an athletic guy, you're not going to make that play. Angelo, however, is an athletic guy, and we've seen that now in this game especially. Yep. And so he makes that play, and I, I think he should get the goal. I mean, come on, yep. that's he, he he did things to get. I, he still had to get past the goalie. Okay, what if he didn't get past the goalie? Well, right, yeah. What if what if the goalie makes some amazing dive play and gets the ball away from him? I mean, that's yeah, just that could happen, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and I, I even mentioned to the guy on Twitter, I was like, are we going to discount every single forward who's ever done that? No. Because no. it was a kind of a bad pass? No. No. Because it requires skill. To, it, mm-hmm. it just requires mm-hmm. more than just being on the field. Yeah, are we going to, are we, do we discount, let's go to the NBA. Do we discount like point guards? Who pick off a lazy pass from another point right. guard and go in for the layup? No, we don't. We give him two points. That's the way it works. He's smart, made the play. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think 
I thought it was a, a very good game for Angelo. Mm-hmm. It was. It shows that he's he's trying because I think, mm-hmm. as, as you pointed out, the broadcast said mm-hmm. ninety nine out of hundred. You're mm-hmm. not going to have that, and he he did it. And we when when we signed him, remember we looked at his goal scoring in yeah. was, where was he playing before was it uh, Columbia? Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Looked at his goal scoring and said, eh, not the greatest in the world. But he scored two goals last night. And I would hope that this is a kind of a stepping off point for him to be more aggressive in this on this team. Right. And when you have a guy like Darwin feeding you the ball and making those plays, yep. and a guy like Miguel Ibarra, who had a great game last night. Yes. We were talking about this 100% passing. Yeah, e Pluribus Lunum shot out the uh, passing stats for all the players. And because our passing was so abysmal, it was sixty four percent. And Miguel Ibarra had a hundred percent. Hundred percent. It wasn't like two passes. I think no. he he had twenty passes. I think. Yeah, he was. We don't talk about. I don't think we talk about Miguel Ibarra enough. I don't think we do either. Because he's kind of like that. Like how would I put it? He's that um, secondary player who just makes good plays. Right. And sometimes they work out. And sometimes they don't. He's not flashy like Darwin. Right. He just makes plays. Yep. You know, that's his deal. He is very when he gets the ball, I'm not worried at all. Right. Because he's gonna do what he has to do. Yep. And sometimes he gives up the ball and sometimes he makes a good pass and, and whatever. He's one of those secondary guys you need on a team like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, he's good for half a dozen goals a year. Mm-hmm. He's probably the same amount of assists. Yep. You know, he's Relatively protective of the ball, mm-hmm. and it yeah he's he's a good player, yep. you know. And I I really think, uh, you know, I wish the podcast would have been going last last year because in the off season they didn't protect him. No, they didn't. in the for the the draft for mm-hmm. L A. And I think L A. was just stupid in not getting him because they ended up probably signing someone that that's. You know, mm-hmm. a four or five hundred thousand dollar a year contract. And Miguel is from LA. LA. Yeah. So why wouldn't you sign a guy yeah. like that? You know? Yeah. And so, like I was saying, we need good players on this team to kind of be the backups for the great guys, the Darlings. Yeah. And he has just done a lot of great things this year. Yes. You know? Yeah. I agree. And it, to Angelo's point about goal scoring, mm-hmm. uh, this was brought up this morning on Twitter about how he's still – so it was a comparison of Christian Ramirez. Of course. So Christian Ramirez is averaging .69 goals every 90, and um, Angelo's only at .49. Okay. And, it, you know, my point, defensive Angelo has been – again, nothing against Christian Ramirez. I love Player, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but my defense of Angelo has been continuously, look, he's a forward. Mm-hmm. You're talking multiple games to get into the system. That's right. Darwin took 10 games to get into our system. Yep. Yeah, he scored in his first game. Yep. But then all of a sudden his stats just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had two assists over the next nine games or something yep. like that. Yep. And one goal over the next nine games. So. He really didn't come alive until game 11. Yep. 
and we're expecting Angelo to step in. Well, it's not going to happen. He's in a new league. He's in a new system. He's he barely speaks English. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there are so many things. And then to compare him to Christian, who you know is all he did was change teams. Yeah. And on top of that, he went to a team that's L.A. That L.A. Yep. has the quality that we could only dream of. But I, but I think that's going to always going to happen in in instances like this where you trade a guy like Christian, yeah. who's was the most popular oh, yeah. Loons player ever. I mean, going from the NSL days and coming here yeah. to, to MLS. You know, of course, everybody's going to have, like, a thing. And I love the guy. You and you have talked about yeah. this. We both love the guy. But a change had to be made. Right. Whether or not it was worth it, we will not know right. until probably next year. We cannot make judgment calls this year on whether that trade was worth it. Exactly. Because we brought in Angelo, and like like you said, it's going to take him a while to get up to speed with this. And last night's game, I guess it was a great stepping point. Yeah. And hopefully he can continue doing that. He knows now that he's got Abara and he's got Darwin, and he can make some plays, and these guys are going to help him out a little bit. Yep. You know? And, it, you know, so I ran the numbers this morning, which is why I was – making you wait in your garage while I got here. Um, and it to make to finish the season at .69 goals and 90. Mm-hmm. So for Angelo to finish the season like Christian Ramirez, yep. uh, it would require him to do four more goals mm. over the rest of the season, Yeah, playing roughly 80 minutes a game. So in my opinion, okay, we've got... Uh, let me pull up that schedule again. We've got we've got Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We've got Colorado, who's possibly the worst team in the league. Yeah, LA's LA Galaxy, mm-hmm. whose defense is eh suspect. And then uh, Columbus, who's probably the best team that we've got going for us. Yep. So if I look at that, the last four games of the season, I'm thinking. He stays healthy. We get Romario back next week, probably. Uh, Darwin stays healthy. Miguel stays healthy. You know, I'm thinking he could score two of those against Colorado alone. Maybe. Uh, even better the fact that Colorado and L.A. are at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking – I think he's going to finish with five more goals this year. Yeah. It's, it's – it's, I know it's a bit – you know, optimistic. I hope so. But I think he, I think he'll score. The uh, the uh, Columbus game is the one that I'm most sketchy about. Yeah. But I think he can get for sure three between Colorado and LA. I, I think he'll score every game. But my question will be: Is if at at some point during the next two games, or even three games? All of a sudden, we lose right of the playoffs. Does he even play the final game of the year? Do we play all of our younger guys? That that is possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'm yeah, in a vacuum. In a vacuum. Okay. I all think right. he'll right. he'll make that. All right. Um, especially with the fact that Colorado or Columbus will clinch soon. Yes. Uh, so their last game of the season may not mean anything. Yeah. Um, L.A. They're like they're right on the on the cusp. On the cusp, yep. So 
they're going to be playing all out all their games, which I think is going to be, their defense is uh, suspect enough to where if they really push for a win, mm-hmm. they're going to open themselves up. But but even if he doesn't score five goals or even four goals in the next four games, it we, doesn't matter. We can't make a judgment right. on him until at least I I and I'm I'm being a, a little crazy on this, but I'm going to say it halfway through next season. Yeah, you're being insane. Halfway. Because I, I think that you need... You just started this season. Sure. You know, you're going to have... I don't know how many games he's going to have with us this season. Probably... What? I think it's all... If he plays the rest the last five, it'll be... It'll be 12... 12. 12 okay. games. Yeah. But then we go into the offseason. Right. So he's got 12 games with us in the offseason. So you're going to lose a little bit going to the offseason. And then you're going to come back. So maybe not half, maybe a quarter of the year into it then. So, I, I mean, I guess I can see your argument. Yeah. You know, you're going to have personnel changes over the exactly. season. Exactly, yeah. Going to have to get used to some players. I mm-hmm. would say, okay, so quarter of the season, you're talking, what? what is that? Six games? No, eight. Eight and a half games. Eight and a half Nine games. games. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm you're, you're being you're being nice. I, I would yeah. say, if he's not, I'd say five games. All right, all right. But sure, I, I get your argument. Though. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. the off season comes, you're going to have a little bit of a yeah. loss in the off season, of, right? And personnel changes, of course, and right. you won't have Alexi Gomez anymore. And, and no, no, hopefully, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope we don't have him anymore. <laughs> so. I mean, However, however, yes. in his in his defense, maybe yeah. these last four games he'll just all of a sudden blossom. If that happens, I'll get an Alexi Gomez tattoo on the on my back. Seriously, if he all blossoms, right. if minute fifty nine of episode fifteen, if he scores a bunch of goals and he just becomes like the ultimate player. Yeah, but I highly doubt it's going to happen because it's getting cold now. It's getting cold. I'm tweeting that. Nah, I wouldn't tweet. The way you can tweet it, but. Um, um, yeah, so why don't you just keep going while I tweet that. All right, you tweet that. Um, so we go into the into the half leading by two, right? Right. So we're up by two, and of course, like the last game, I'm excited now because we're up by two, and we're going to potentially win this game. But then again, my other side of my brain is going, this is the loons. We find ways to make games interesting we never close out games like we should close out games and we go into the second half and guess what we do the exact same thing we did last game we're flat we don't look like we have an energy anymore we're kind of coasting we're in turtle mode again and i want to i want to preface this by saying i have a couple notes from last night's game uh first and foremost New York FC kept falling down like every damn penalty. Yes. And they were flopping all over the place. Especially number three and number eight. And I can't yeah. remember who those well, were. Well, number eight's like their top... Uh, the bearded guy? No, that's... Who's the bearded guy? That's... um. I don't remember what his name was, but... Yeah, number eight's though, the guy that came off injured. Okay, all right. But that dude was all over the ground. They flopped... So bad last night. And we had uh, the official on, on the field was the guy I really don't like. I can't think of his name. 
Yeah. We've yeah. had him before. Yeah, we have. And he is, how would I put it? He has no pattern of how he call how he cards things and how he does right. He's just kind of all over the board. Oh yeah, absolutely. He picks picks and chooses what he wants to do, and he's got no like semblance of what rules he should follow, and he just kind of does it. Yep. And so when I saw him out there in New York FC flopping all over the place, I said, "Oh great, this is going to be a game where we're going to have red cards and yellow cards and, and shit happen all over the place." Yep. And guess what? In the second half, it did happen. Yeah, you know, it, it was like the first half. He kind of seemed he'd call some. He'd call some weird thing, kind of soft fouls. Yeah. But for the most part, he was letting them play. He was. And then, yeah, the yeah the second half, he just forgot what the he was The second doing. half, it almost like it's almost like he had a call from the MLS, and they said, hey, 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 we don't want the loons to be alive anymore in the playoffs, so could you just make yeah. things happen? There was a play, I, I can't remember what the play was. I, maybe it was in the first half. New York FC uh, player went spikes studs up on one of our players I yeah, remember what it was and should have been I think it was a yellow card at that point but it potentially should have been a red card at that point and the, the announcers were saying the same thing was he was studs up he was not really going for the ball he came in hot and if you go studs up on a guy it should be a red card Right. They didn't even review it in the in up in the in the in the in the box. Right. Didn't review it, and so that was that, you know. And then we get in the second half, and New York, of course, flopping around, and Warner gets a well. He got a red card for it was the second yellow of the yes. night. Yeah. But that was his own fault. Oh yeah, it was a terrible time. It was a terrible time. Um. But we had another couple plays, too, where the elbow to the neck came up at least once or twice. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was. And they were reviewing those two calls for reds up in the box. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going, let's go back. Let's step back a little bit here. We had a studs-up play in the first half. And penalty guys in the box said, well, that's fine. And now we have guys doing the whole elbow to the side yeah. of the head and now we're going to review this stuff right you know sorry my dog is getting very aggressive right now mm. um so that was all the penalties there um warner of course is out next week right which probably won't be a big issue because bob and yeah max will be back i'm gonna go grab my dog uh because he's barking i think he thinks he hasn't seen he hasn't seen dave yet that's the oh, problem yeah. Usually when Dave comes over, well, Dave and Dave come over to my garage, my dog comes out, sniffs him, and goes, okay, you guys are here for the podcast. We're all cool. Now I think he's heard my voice, and now he's being all aggressive about it. So, already grabbed. Come on. Come on. There you go. There you go, buddy. See? Dave's here. Dave's here. Dave's here, yes. You can't get this on any other podcast, guys. Yeah. Dogs barking, sniffing, having a good time. Um, so... We go into the second half, and we get what was the goal? The last, the last goal that New York FC got was just—I don't know how to explain it. I just Man, don't. It's it was it was just prototypical Minnesota United. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a it was a cross 
Uh, I want to say it was Castiano. Is that how I say that? Cast Castianos. Castianos. Yes. yes. Um, got the got his foot on it. He got a shot off. Mm-hmm. Bobby saved it, mm-hmm. and God knows what reason Bobby decided to let the ball trickle out of his hands. Yeah. And it's literally rolling in front of the box. <laughs> uh, it, I don't know what it looked like on the broadcast. Uh, we saw a replay of it at the stadium. Yeah. And Castellanos is on the ground. I think he was on his back. Yeah. And he's like he's like trying to head it <laughs> with with his head on the ground. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Wallace was it, I think. Uh, yeah, Wallace walked it in. Yeah. Into the net. I would love to see a um, video replay in slow motion of Adrian Heath when the ball is trickling in front of the net going, no! Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was doing the same thing at home. Like, oh, no. You know, get, that, yeah. get that out of there, man. Get it out. Yeah, the, and you know, at the stadium, at least in my section, it was like dead silence. Like everybody's just like gasped. And we're just like, what is happening? What's and, going on? Yeah. yeah. It was one of those crazy plays in MLS that, you know, a team like ours, you look at it and you go, it's typical. Right. It's just typical of us. Uh, you get these crazy plays that happen to go in, and now we're only up by one. And the problem at that point was, was that in the 91st minute? Yeah. They had added six minutes of time. Yeah. And then on the broadcast, they're saying they're going to add another five minutes on top of that. It was, it was four minutes because yeah. of something. I don't remember. It was a review of some kind. Well,. I think it was because that dude from the guy from New York FC. Did you remember that play? Going back to the whole flopping thing, he was on the ground for like five flipping minutes. That's right. And then we finally, the loons finally said, "Okay, we kicked it out of bounds." And guess yeah. what? Then he stood up. Yeah, and that's oh. and he he stood up as soon as the referee got within like ten yards. Yeah, exactly. He just hops up. Yeah, and then the referee told him to go. Mm. And it, there was a review for something though. Um, after that goal, was it? An, and I don't offsides. I mean, we obviously don't know what it was because they don't tell us anything. It was offsides review. Offsides. Okay. Yeah, offsides. Um, and so, yeah, they added they added four minutes on. Um, and it, in fact, it wasn't nearly as nervy as the Portland end was. No, and but the fact that they scored that in the ninety first minute, and then you have all this extra time happening, right. you're still freaked out about oh, it. Yeah. I mean, you're. you're you're going back to your hole of, well, it's the loons again. We're going to get a tie. Yep. Playoffs are done. It's all over, you know. So, yeah, you know, uh, I, I started my stopwatch on my phone. Yeah. Right at 90 minutes. Yeah. So it was it was going. And the the referee announced the extra four minutes at three minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I, told, I looked over at John. I'm like, it's going to be seven and change. Mm-hmm. And about six minutes, everybody around us is booing. Oh yeah. And, I, and I'm looking down at my phone, and I'm, and I'm like, no, it's we've still got time. We still got time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and it he literally blew the whistle like seven oh four. Yeah, he did. But yeah. um, so I mean, he was he's really fair about that, which is unusual. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was almost another Colorado where yes. what we were up. Three to one, and we ended yeah. up losing. Losing, yep. 
But, so, the last two games now, last week's game, this week's game, have been, again, same deal, same last two games. Go up early, opponents come back, we have anxiety about losing these right. flipping games, and we end up winning. Yep. So, once again, we're still in the playoff hunt. We're still in the playoff hunt. And we are what now? Uh, so, we are now at uh, 36 points. Yes. We are nine back from Salt Lake. With uh, four games to go. With four games to go. And that is a massive mountain, especially with well, L.A. right between us. L.A. and, and Vancouver, Vancouver right between us, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, Dave's not here. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not going to look it up. I was going to look up the uh, Salt Lake schedules, L.A. schedules. We know that L.A. Yeah. comes here. Yeah. Um, also Vancouver's schedule, I guess. But, you know, mathematically, we could still do it. We could still do it. I mean, It's not it's, likely. But. It's going to take some losses. But we're still in the hunt, which is good because yeah. at least we have more to talk about on this podcast in yep. two weeks. And we have more wins than we did last year. Again, yeah, we have 11 wins now. We have 10 last year, so we're better than last year. We're making making advances, yep. getting up there. So um, I guess that's it for the last two games. Yep. I think we'll take a little break here, grab another beer, and we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, some other United stuff. Uh, we have some uh, stuff to talk about with... Uh, a new lower league team yes. potentially being our uh, kind of our, uh, our affiliate our affiliate yep. um also want to talk about there was a article about uh the what was it the ownership being giving high grades to uh oh, yes Lagos. yeah we'll talk about that a little bit uh talk about uh, the cruise that me and dave stevens went on um and some other random stuff so uh back a little bit. Beers. Dave is drinking uh, the cacao porter from Inky Brewing, Victoria, Minnesota. How is that for you? Uh, you know, porters are my favorite beer, and I think this is right up there. Mm. I mean, it's a it's a nice, nice malty beer. Um, it doesn't taste like there's a lot of bitterness from the from the Roasted malts, it mm-hmm. tastes more like it might be coming from the cocoa. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, it's the the can says that it's smooth and silky. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'd give it that. You give it that? Yeah. It's good. You ever good had show. the uh, Coco Bender from uh, Surly? You ever had that? I have. What do you? Well, how's that rate with this? Uh, well, this is very. I would say this is very mild. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of. I mean, in terms of hop profile, there's not much of anything. Okay. Uh, so I think if if people like it, a smooth drinker, sure. I think this good wins one. out okay. over Surly. Sure. And Surly's always known for being yeah. more hoppy. And which gets into my point of I just open up a kitsch hoppy lager from Surly. Um, it's out of their hoppy pack they just came out with. Uh, I, <laughs> funny story. I went to the liquor store on Friday, knowing we're going to this podcast on Sunday, knowing that my in-laws are going to be over this weekend. And uh, the liquor store I went to, I couldn't find anything except for Surly stuff. So I bought all Surly stuff. This kitsch, I've had it before. It's fantastic. It's, it's a hoppy... I would say it's kind of a... How would you put it? It's a hoppy lager. Is what it is. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a lager, but it got some bitterness to it. So it's like an MGD with hops. Mm. Look at that. So the milk. I'm gonna put my father-in-law out there right now. Hi, Tom. I know you're listening to this. You'll be listening to this later on. It's like a Miller Light with hops. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, well, it's it's surly, so of course they up the ante a little bit. So. Um, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Dave Stevens is not here. He's on assignment in Argentina for his other job because we don't we don't pay him. Do we, we have any payment? Do we pay him for this? No, we haven't no, gotten we any. Pay him. Yeah, yeah, we don't pay him. Uh, I just texted him. I said, would you like to say anything to listeners? He said, oh, you can just say I'm happy with the Loon's latest win and happy re- representing uh, Minnesota United FC in Argentina, plus that I'm looking forward to returning to the, the podcast after a long break. And I don't know if you should even let him back. I mean, he's been uh, gone for a month. That's that's a good point. I mean, I think we have to. Isn't it kind of like desertion? I, a little bit, but we can't like have another podcast without the stat guy. That's true. I mean, we do we need struggled stats. mightily with our stats. We do need stats. We haven't had stats for two podcasts now. That's a good point. And you and I are not good at stats. No. I, I start kind of rambling and mumbling as I'm looking for stuff. Yeah. I'm not a big stat. I, mean, I know stats, but I'm like, like I just can't. Like he's yeah. got the he's got the iPad going on and he's looking stuff up as we're talking and then he, you know yeah. stats guy Dave, you know. Yeah, he'll probably be a little upset to know that we have a porter. Because he's a he's porter. He's a big guy porter guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big porter guy. Yeah. So it's um, too bad. As I spill my beer myself, um, let's let's. I'm going to talk about uh, two weeks from now. We have another podcast coming up. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Dave, because I talked about this before uh, we started. I have Oktoberfest in New Orleans that weekend. Plus, I have a Vikings game to go to on Sunday. Plus, we do a podcast. Plus, your wife is expecting your son at some point. At some point in the next couple weeks here. Yeah. So we have a lot of things coming together for for our podcast in two weeks. Yeah. 
So it might be on Saturday, it might be on Sunday, it might be on Monday, it might be on Friday. We don't know at this point when it's going to be. Uh, but we're going to do it. And we, the three of us, should all be here for that, I hope. Uh, yeah. I know last episode we, or I mentioned that we were working on a special guest. And so that was supposed to be maybe that episode. Mm-hmm. So that could throw another wrench into our scheduling yeah. Or maybe we'll hold off and have him later. But yeah, um, yeah. So it, who it's, knows? Well, in two weeks is going to be nuts. So uh, this is our last podcast before everything kind of goes uh, crazy. Yeah. And the next podcast, we're going to be talking about Dave's new son, who is going to name uh, Darwin. Right? You're going to name him Darwin. I tried that. I got shot down. Uh, how about uh, Miguel? The no Bob. How about Bob? <laughs> no. He'll he'll have a he'll have a cousin with that name basically. Gomez? How about Gomez? Gomez. No. Gomez. <laughs> Christian is still on the table. <clears throat> Christian's on the table yeah. still. Wow. That's amazing. So Shuttleworth? <laughs> Shuttleworth Sterling. How about that one? <laughs> Shuttleworth Sterling. There you go. It's uh, he's destined to be something. He, how about Heath? Heath. There's a good name for you. Heath. Heath. I know you have your wife has a lot to say about what you're going to name yeah, your kid. Yeah, quite a bit. Because my two girls, Lauren and Nora, were pretty much named by my wife. It was not... She came up with the names and I said, go with it. Sure. Because I always... This is, this is going to sound stupid. But I'm part Italian. Uh, so I... And my dad's name is Angelo. Okay. So I, if we had a boy, I wanted to name him Michael... Angelo Pervenanzi. Longest name in the history of names, I'm sure. Because Michael, Angelo, Pervenanzi, it's going to be And, and he'd be named after a Ninja Turtle. Well, that's not what he said, but I, what I'm saying is that, yeah, back when we were kids, that would have been... But now, I think people would be like, oh yeah, he named after the painter, the right. famous uh, painter. Yeah, it would have been cool, you know. Didn't happen, I had two girls, I'm done, not going there anymore, I'm almost 40 years old for Pete's sakes. Not yeah. going to happen, you know. Are you are you guys done after this one? Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're because just... I'm also almost forty. I mean, mm-hmm. you're closer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. They decided no. It's not. It's just not. Yeah, I don't want to be sixty at graduation. Yeah, I I don't either. Yeah, I have a problem even being like, well, let's see it. At Nora's graduation. She's six now, so twelve. What will be fifty one at her graduation? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be tough. Yeah, we we have some friends in Colorado that. He he's gonna be, I think fifty nine at his son's graduation. Holy this is too, shit, dude! It's too too much. Yeah, what do you do though? I mean, it's like my parents had me and my brother when they were very young. Sure. So by the time we were out of, out of uh, the house, they were in their forties. Sure. Yeah. So they got to do all the crazy stuff after that, you know. Me, I mean, I, Kelly and I didn't have kids till I was in well, I was thirty something when we had Lauren. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what do you do, you know? Yeah, you know, I think you, you bank on the life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, but enough about the kid talk. Yeah. Dave's going to have a boy. It's going to be fantastic. In 10 years, he's probably going to be on this podcast talking soccer with us and giving us all the business and saying, you guys suck, you're old. Right. Yeah. How you managed to make it this long. Yeah, that's just crazy. You know, probably... 
hate us at that point. He'll be like, you guys are old school soccer people and I'm new yeah. school and you'll be playing FIFA and all that stuff. So I want to Actually, get... my daughter might be doing that. Well, your daughter. I mean, your daughter's so nice though, dude. Yeah. Your daughter's a nice, nice girl. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a little bit too smart though. Yeah, that can help though. It's she's good. very, oh, she's very smart. We talked about the state fair. She held my hand, which was weird to go see her friends, uh, Lauren and Nora, uh, which she's only seen how many times? Like twice. Twice, yeah. But she's like, oh, they're my friends now, and yeah. that's fantastic, you know. Um, I wanted to get into the fact. Why me and Dave Stevens were gone uh, two weeks ago? Dave and I, our friend Nels, who's been on the podcast for, and my wife Kelly, were on a cruise out of Seattle. You know, stop you there for a second. Yeah, it's good that you included everybody else because it sounded yeah initially at the very yeah. beginning oh, that yeah. you and Dave went on no, vacation. No, we, we didn't go on vacation. And not only no. was it a vacation, it was a cruise. Yeah, no, which we, suggests some things. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, no. Dave and I never been on vacation together by ourselves. It's always been with at least somebody else. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sorry. It did sound like that. But there was four of us on the cruise. We cruised out of Seattle. Uh, we were there for the Adam Carolla podcast, which I've talked about this before on this pod. If it wasn't for Adam Carolla, we wouldn't be doing a podcast at this point. Oh, yeah. Because Carolla was kind of one of the main – there have been podcasts before – but Corolla was the guy who kind of made it mainstream. And then Podcast One came about, and he joined with Podcast One, and now everybody in their mind has a podcast. Even you and I and Stevens, we all we have a podcast now. Right. So um, this is was his third cruise. He's been doing this for three years now. When this came about, I talked to Dave and Nelson. said, we got to go on this. It's out of Seattle. It's going to be fantastic. Um, we, got to Seattle, we got to Seattle Thursday. Was it? It was a Thursday afternoon. We got to Seattle. And I will say, have you been to Seattle before? I have not. Where we stayed in Seattle was north of downtown. Okay. Very dirty. I don't, I don't understand that. I thought Seattle was kind of more of a upscale type of place. Maybe the downtown was where we didn't go was more upscale. Were you like by the piers or anything? Or? Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. Okay. But one of the things I, I saw here, and this would never happen in Minnesota, was... Um, their, their signs on their freeway signs. They all had graffiti on them. And oh. the graffiti was old graffiti. It had been there for like years. And I know for a fact in Minnesota, especially in the metro area, if somebody graffiti is a sign, oh, it's yeah. either cleaned up or down within two weeks. Yeah, it's pretty. It's weird. Like, we don't like that stuff. But Seattle's totally cool with it. So we ended up going to uh, downtown Seattle for a little bit. We went to a couple of breweries down there. I can't remember what the names were, but hit a microbrewery. Went to Pike's Market, oh, nice. which was good. Uh, hit up a, a dispensary mm-hmm. for the weed. I did not partake. I will not say who else partook in stuff. It's true because this will be permanent record. Yeah, but I, I did not. My wife made sure that I did not. So I did not. I just kept the drinking aspect of it. Um, Same thing. Yeah, exactly. But it was cool. It was kind of cool to go into a dispensary. And have I don't know if anybody under our listeners has been to dispensary before, but you walk in and it's kind of like, how do I put it? It's kind of like a bakery. They got all this stuff kind of under glass, and it's like, hey, pick and you. And they got the people, and they're like, hey, do you have any questions? What can I help you with? And they had, this is crazy, they had an electric machine, like a vending machine, on one side, 
And you go up there, put your ID in, and you could pick any kind of, uh, it was all the edible stuff. Sure. You could pick an edible and then put your card in, and it would dispense it for you. Sure. Which was like, I've never seen a weed uh, vending machine in my life, but there it is, right there. So it was a good time in Seattle. Got on the cruise, and I will tell you guys, um, if you have somebody that you've looked up to for, I've I've looked up to Adam Carolla for, let's see, I'm 39. I started listening to him when I was probably like 16. So over 20 years, I've looked up to Carolla. Sure. When you see somebody in person for the first time after that many years, you kind of have mush mouth. True. And I'll give you an example. We get on the cruise ship before they departed and we're on early so we're just walking around the cruise ship and we go up to the top where they got the pools and the whirlpools and they have a bar up there and we have the drink packages which if you go on a cruise get the drink package because you pay 50 bucks but then you get limited drinks yeah. good deal so we go to the bar to get a drink uh dave dave elbows me and goes hey look who's behind us and it's freaking adam carolla and there's like there's people out there but not a lot of people right and I want to talk to him, like so bad. And he gets in line, kind of right beside me. And I get up behind him, and I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> couldn't talk to the guy. Couldn't talk to him, really. I just couldn't do it. But the funny thing is, one of his uh, co-hosts on the show is Ball Brian. Him and his wife are there. And Ball Brian had a brain tumor two years ago and fought it and won. So he's a big kind of, and he's been on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he's like, a, he's a very smart guy. And he's behind us, and I turn around and I'm like, "Hey, Ball Brian, what's up, man? How are you?" I'm talking to Ball Brian right. like it's nothing, but Corolla can't do anything with right. So that night we have the meet and greet with Corolla, and we get into the little uh, the room they have it in, and there's tons of people in there, and me and Dave and Nels are there, and my wife doesn't want to come because she doesn't care about Corolla, and we get up and, and Dave and Dave or Nels says, "Hey, let's go stand up on the side of the stage." Because there's no seats. So we're standing up there, and Corolla gets up there and starts doing his thing. And they say, we're going to set the meet and greet now, and we're going to start taking pictures right here. And the guy points right to me. So guess who was first in line to get a picture with Adam Corolla? Someone from Texas. No, this guy right here okay. was first in line. So, of course, again, I got the, uh, you know, so I said, thank you, Adam, for, you know, being a podcast. I got my own podcast. I didn't say soccer because he hates soccer. Does he really? He hates soccer. I guess I've never yeah, really he's heard a big soccer. he's a big hater of soccer. Hmm. So I said, "Thank you, Corolla. I got my own podcast. Couldn't have done it without you. Took a picture with them. Went on a merry way." Okay, but we got to see the podcast in person, which yeah. was fantastic. We got to see one of his documentaries hasn't released yet, which was also fantastic. We had a great time. We tried to call in from uh, Victoria, British Columbia, where we were. We the boat was parked for a day. Yep. Couldn't do it because the phone stuff was kind of yeah. crazy. But it was actually a good thing because we got off the boat. And uh, this is the only thing I'm going to say about Dave on this trip because I'll let him talk about what happened on this trip next time he's in the pocket. I'm not going to say right. two of the things that happened because he's not here to, you know, whatever. But we get off the boat. Yeah, we get off the boat. And there's taxi service. I'm like, let's get taxi. No, no, we'll just walk. Cause there's just signs every place saying downtown wharf. We put in twenty thousand steps that day. Twenty thousand. Insane. Getting to downtown 
to a bar that had because we wanted to watch the Vikings. The Vikings Packers game was that yeah. day. We wanted to watch the Vikings and the Packers game. Finally, we found an Irish pub that had the Vikings and Packers on. We get to the back of the bar, they got a TV back there. We haven't turned that on. We're watching it. And to add to the fire, it's Nels's birthday. Nels turned 40 that day. We're on the cruise. So we're watching the Vikings Packers game, and of course, you're a Packer fan. And um, watch most of the first half, and we're thinking, this sucks. I mean, this is terrible. We're, if they keep this up, we're going to leave, just go walk around Victoria after this. Of course, the Vikings came back, and right. you know what you know what happened, yeah. you know, whatever. And um, but it was a fantastic day. We got to go down to some. Uh, we went to a toy museum in Victoria, which was great because they had all the old school toys. You remember, they had them all in glass. Oh yeah. So like mask and transformer, all the old school toys that you remember playing. It was just fantastic. And we went to Chinatown in Victoria, which is great. Uh, got back on the ship and then got back to Seattle and flew back. Um, but I will say this, if you can ever see, um, somebody that you've looked up to or a celebrity or whatever live in person, just do it because it's, it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience for you sure. to see somebody like that. And I, I know most of you probably don't know who Adam Carolla is, um, but he's fantastic. He's a podcaster. I don't agree with all of what he says, but you know, whatever. It was a great time. Um, I will say one more thing about this trip. I don't know if any people from Seattle who are listening, but Seattle's airport is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm dead serious, Dave. It's a piece of shit. We have, um, I was talking to Stevens about this. Stevens is a world traveler. And I said to Dave, I said, well, how many airports do you go to in the world that are two airports? Because Minneapolis, we have Lindbergh right. and Humphrey Terminal, right? So we have two airports. One has the minor airlines, one has the major airlines. And it works out for us because, yeah. you know, you don't have so many people there and whatever. Right. He's like, I've been to very few, very few that have two airports. Well, we go into Seattle and their airport is like a, how to put it, like a big C, right? So it's like, it looks like letter C and all their stuff's located around there. And they're doing construction all over this damn place. Every place we went was coming soon, Starbucks, coming soon, this thing, coming soon, this place. And it was like, are you going to finish this shit or what's the deal? And we walked out to the front of the airport and they have a parking ramp across from the airport. And I shit you not, I should take a picture. It looked like a parking ramp from 1985, Russia. It had that like, like Russian like block type of facade on it. It was like curved and old concrete. And it was like... Am I in Russia right now? What's going on here? Seattle is pretty close. I, I know, but it was like, it was, it was crappy. And there's security through there. The security lines in there were outrageous because they don't have enough security lines. And they've got the drug sniffing dog because, of course, it's right. Seattle. So the dog's sniffing you. So they tell you, now this is crazy about this airport. They tell you, say, put everything in your, back, in your bags. Right. Don't have anything out. Don't leave anything in your pockets. Put everything in your bags because we have the drug sniffing dog. Because the dog is going to sniff, wants to sniff just one area on you, and that's your bag, right? So when you go into security, you get in this kind of sea uh, line type of thing, this curve, and the dog and his handler just go around this curve like all the time. As you're going through it, dog is like just walking around yeah. with his handler, walking a circle, and you're going through this curve, and 
he'll sniff you out and whatever, and that's how they do it. Sure. And then when you get up to the to the uh, the X-ray machine, they say, leave all your stuff in the bag. Don't take anything out. And of course, I get hit, even though I did not partake in anything at all. <laughs> I get hit with the extra security screening on the way out. So. My wife has been extra security screening before. We went to Cancun a couple yeah. of years ago. And that was a shit show. Because all of her bags had come out. They had to dust everything. It took like a half hour. They, they dusted her for everything. And I'm going, oh shit. Lucky thing we were at the airport early on the way back. Because I was thinking, whatever. I'm like, oh shit. They're going to strip search me and look at my ass and all that type of stuff. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, was, right, yeah. I was thinking the worst. Right. And the guy comes to me and goes, hey, put it in your hands. I'm like... Excuse me? He's like, put out your hands. I said, okay. Put my hands out. He takes a piece of paper and just scrapes my hands with it. I'm like, okay, what is this? He puts it in the machine. Oh, you're good. Bye-bye. I'm like, that was the extra screening? You just wanted to see if I had residue on my hands? I, I, I don't get this. Yeah. You know? I don't understand it. So... Yeah. We are, Dave, we are very lucky to live in Minnesota because our airport rocks. It does. Um, so if we ever go to Seattle, we did drive by uh, Safeco and uh, what's the other? CenturyLink. CenturyLink. We did drive by those huge, huge spots right now. I, we drove right by it. It was crazy. Um, I will say this. I do like Minnesota's stadium looks. A lot better than their stadium looks, you know, because they're right next to each other and they're kind of south of the downtown and they're just not in a good area. Sure, I'd say. I think we have better areas than that. So that's my podcast, uh, Adam Crowell podcast story. Nice. You know, so when I flew to LA back in 2016, I also got mm. the advanced mm. screening, mm. And uh, they did the, the they did the hands. Yeah, the hands thing. Yeah. And they also uh, did extra screening on my crotch. They screen your crotch? Yeah, I don't. Wow. It, that was weird. Uh, but it, it turns out when I got home. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, I was like, I was, I was talking to Sarah, and I'm like, I don't understand why they did it. I mean, they yeah. like checked my fingernails and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did some other stuff around my crotch area. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? And it, I, I got changed, mm -hmm. and it, all of a sudden I looked down in my pants. Yeah, and it, I had literally just bought those pants in LA. Ah, oh. there's a security badge. Oh, sure. Right, literally right on my crotch. Sure, 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 sure. And I was like, I wonder mm. if that stupid uh -huh. piece of you know aluminum or whatever that stuff's made of got 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 flagged. Flagged it. Yeah, yeah. And so they. Pulled me out. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, I was terrified when they pulled me. The extra screening thing. Now, my wife got it because, well, she made, not a mistake, but something that would flag you. Years ago when she got her passport, she got it hurried up, expedited, right? Because hmm. she thought her and her friend going on a cruise. They canceled okay. the cruise two weeks before. She didn't use the passport again until this Cancun flight. So I have a feeling if you expedite something and then cancel and then use it again, Maybe. they're probably going to flag you. And she got flagged that time. But it, the, hers was more of the, this was more invasive. I mean, invasive. This was like, 
everything in your bag, swiping for powders, and it was like it was it was nuts. I, I, it was crazy. What airport did that happen? Well, it happened at so it happened at MSP when we left. Okay. It we stopped in Dallas. Didn't happen again until our flight back happened in Dallas. And this was the bad part. Our flight back from Cancun got delayed for seven hours. Because it was one of those Sun Country flights where they fly to Sun, the Dallas, Cancun, then come back. And it's one flight a day. Yeah. Well, they have problems in Dallas. So it was seven hours delayed. So when we got back into Dallas, we had to go back through customs. So we had to get off the plane, go back through. And, of course, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning in Dallas. Sure. And so they flagged her, and they're doing all this shit to her, right? And the guy from the airline's like, hey, she needs to get on this plane. We need to get this plane flipping going. And they're like, no, sorry, sir. We got to do all this stuff, you know? And if I was smarter about it, I would have said, before we even got on the plane out of Cancun, I would have said, Kelly, give me all the electronic stuff. Put it in my bag because I'm not getting flagged. Don't have anything on you. Oh, and then I will, you know, I'll get through security and you'll be fine. They won't have to do it. But they powdered, like, everything. All of our electronics, they powdered. Oh. You know, they were crazy about it. But Yeah, that was that's significant. Yeah, it was nuts. But it wasn't like, like I said, Seattle, I just wiped my hands. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, I didn't do anything while I was in Seattle. I promised I didn't do anything while I was in Seattle. My wife made sure I didn't. Uh, some other people on my trip might have, but uh, we won't talk about that. Um, yeah. So, um, off of that, let's talk about a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, Chris Wright, the CEO of Balloons, made a little uh, comment the other day saying that he gave the um, front office and Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath a passing grade for this year. Which, of course, you commented on on Twitter because I think we talked about this on, the, on this podcast. We think Adrian Heath has done the best job he can with what he's got. Right. We have not been happy with Manny Lagos at all. So for Chris Wright to give him a passing grade is kind of a slap in the face. Yeah. You know, and I think, I mean, it is what it is, but at the same time, it's it's kind of crazy. Now I tried because I'm I'm like the I'm like the, the great negotiator on, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Where right. I I'm always trying to see both sides of the story mm-hmm. and find a benefit somewhere, which yeah. my wife would just laugh at because I'm like the most pessimistic person ever. <laughs> but uh, you know, I tried to tried to argue. Well, you know, passing grade. Yeah. If you get a passing grade, it could be a C. It could be a right? C. Yeah, it could be a C. I mean, C. if you think of it in school terms. Yeah, yeah. You know, in my, in my MBA program, a C- minus is as passing as you can get. Yeah, Anything yeah. below that's a failing. And so I'm like, well, you know, you could get a 70%. I mean, is that really... I mean, it's passing. It's passing, yeah. But it's not saying that you're good. No, right? of course not. Um, and so for me, I was kind of doing a trying to go from that perspective where I was like, well, okay, well, he's saying, look, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And which, you know, we're at a, a one more win than we had last year. Yeah. So in theory, we're going to be better than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that doesn't mean that we did well. That doesn't mean that Manny Legos did well. That doesn't mean that Heath did well. Now, however, it would have been really nice for him to say that. Right. Yeah. Because well, when you just say it's a passing grade, well, when that you makes you... Well, you don't put anything on that. When yeah. you say passing grade, and you don't say anything about it. Now, I'm going to say this. Manny Lagos has made some uh, decisions in the past couple months that we really won't know about till next year. Right. Okay? Trading Christian Mirrors, of course, was a bad thing for the fans. Right. But this is... Again, like at all pro sports, it's a business. Right. So a passing grave from Chris Wright might be he did everything we asked him to do. It's true. And we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And, it, you know, he did say, I believe, I could be mixing up his comments. He did say that... We were not where we should be. Yeah. And so, in the whole context, it's kind of like, well, you still said it's passing grade without any context. Yeah. On that. And then you kind of said, well, you know, we could be better. I mean, it, it, lends, it lends to the, the argument that, yeah, he's kind of thinking the way I am, where... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's passing. We're not going to fire anyone. No, else. not yet. At the at the same time, I think Manny Lagos should have been booted back probably last offseason. I don't think well, he, he belonged here at all, but um, we we differ on that. We di- I again, we 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 brought this up a couple times on this podcast. I think that you have to give a team at least a couple of years, especially for an expansion team, to kind of see where they're going to go. Now, he did make some moves at the end of the season that hopefully will be better for us. Right. But if they're not, then he needs to go. Well, I mean, that's just the way it works. In sports, in this day and age, I think you should at least get two, if not three years, to make kind of make your process, do your whole plan thing. And Adrian, Adrian Heath is not the problem on this team. Oh yeah, I mean I think we both. Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath is not the problem. He does some he does some things that we don't like, the substitute stuff. Right. We don't like that. But if you gave Adrian Heath the talent that he wants, then he would produce winners. Right. And and I agree with that. You know, and obviously. There are some people that don't agree with that, that believe it's all Adrian Heath. It's not, though. And you're always going to have that group, though. But it, it, people like that, and I don't mean to offend any of our listeners, and if there's listeners out there who think Adrian Heath should go, I'm going to put this out for you. He is the manager slash coach of this team, okay? The gaffer. The gaffer. He does the best with what he has, okay? If he doesn't get what he needs... He is not going to do the best. So, we have seen what he can do with a guy like Darwin, with guys like Abara and Abara, the two Abaras, Angelo last game. He's got Bobby Shuttleworth uh, 
good, almost, I would say, bordering on great goalie. You know, he's, he's, he's above average. He's above average. And he's got Calvo. Okay. Yeah. He's got some good pieces. He wants more, of course. And I think half of the season, Lagos finally said, okay, Adrian, what do you need? And Adrian gave him, said, I need this, 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 and this. And the trade happened. Uh, we picked up some guys. And we'll see if it works. Right. Now, if it doesn't work, we don't know if that's on Lagos or Heath. Because they won't tell us. Right. They won't say. They won't come out and say. Lagos will never come out and say, well, Adrian told me to sign these guys. Right. It's Lagos who's in the fire for this. Right? He's the one who's, he's the guy who makes decisions. So if this doesn't work out coming in the next year, then Lagos is the one who's on the chopping block and should be fired. But I think it's going to be Heath that gets fired. Well, yes, of course. And you know why? Which that, I think is wrong. And you know why that is, though. It, it happens in pro sports everywhere. It does. Managers, coaches get fired because they can't get winners on the floor or the court or the ice or wherever, even though they're not given the guys to do right. what they want to do. Well, you know, and it, that's the thing with, yeah, it's the thing with most sports, unless you're the Packers. Because yeah. they've kept Mike McCarthy forever. Which Well, the Packers keep coaches forever. Which is absurd, because I think you should have gone a while well, ago. They, but, you know why they do that, though. You know why they do it. No, please enlighten Because they're the Packers. They just they have this whole like thing of keeping guys on for long periods of time, and it's just keep going with this. It's good McCarthy's be. changed offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators how many times, though? Offensive coordinators a lot. Yeah. But defensive coordinators less. They just changed, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you're right. I mean, the... Aside from the Packers, yeah, you know, yeah, they they changed. Well, you know, the Twins haven't had a lot of changes. They well, if you want to go into the Twins, Molitor was given everything he needed to this year to succeed, right? And Sano uh, had problems. Mm-hmm. Buxton had problems and injuries. Those two are your key guys, and then, then, the front office. Thalvian Levine, Favine as I like to call them, uh, they, or Favine, sorry, they picked up some guys in the offseason, they've done some things and whatever. You can't blame the Twins' failures all on Paul Molitor. You have to look at the front office and say, did you do what you needed to do? Right. And of course, then that goes up to, for the Twins, that goes up to the ownership, the poll ads. Do they want to spend the money? And again, right. with our thing, uh, with the Loon's ownership, does, uh, what is it? Uh, McGuire. McGuire, does he want to spend the money yet? Right. Maybe next year, when we get in Allianz Field, right. he'll want to spend money. Or in two years, when he's making the money from Allianz Field and everything around it, right. maybe he want to spend money. But what they've done right now, getting international players, I think they've done a pretty fantastic job not spending too much money but kind of growing themselves yeah there. you know and i think that's that's a big thing when when we get back to this passing grade and you know whether it's passing or not and whether manny's brought in the right players is again left to be seen because yeah 
Romario and Angelo are too new to really evaluate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob's too new to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Alexi's been a swing and a miss. Uh, yeah. You know, paying up maybe, but he's maybe. still 23. Yeah. You know, a, a one dia co who's been out alone in North yeah. Carolina. Again, he's super young. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say. When it comes to the money, you know, I've been trying to argue a lot that it's like, again, everything about our stadium mm-hmm. has been financed privately. It has, yeah. And it so you've got a stadium that was originally supposed to be 150 ended up being like 250. Yep. Then you've got your... Your uh, 150 million fee mm-hmm. franchise fee, mm-hmm. and then you got your 30 million um, that went to the training facility. Yep. Which uh, I remember Taylor Twelman saying when he uh, got to tour. I think, I think it was when that international champions mm-hmm. cup was in. Uh, he said it was one of the best training facilities he's seen. Yeah. So you've got the you've got all this money that's adding up. That's totally near 500 million dollars. Yep. That's been all personal money. McGuire, McGuire and his yeah. associates. And, you know, you, you look at Atlanta. And we've had this discussion before. Arthur Blank, <laughs> worth way more money than McGuire. No, sh- no shit. But he literally spent zero dollars. He did, yeah. On the stadium. Yep. No, he didn't have to. And the only money he's put forward on Atlanta United was the 150 transfer or the yeah. franchise fee. So when you look at... You know, we only have one comparison, and it's Atlanta. Yeah. Because they came in the same yep. time. That's right. Uh, you know, you've got L.A., but again, L.A. had an ownership group of 30 people. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, their stadium is privately financed, but they had 30 owners. Mm-hmm. They have 30 owners. Um, you know, I think in those sense, you have to say, okay, what has Adrian been given with the money that McGuire was willing to spend? Yep. As you mentioned, based on the money that McGuire has already spent. Yep. I mean, we're not even talking about the stuff he spent in his NASL days, right? He spent money. He spent millions of dollars on that too. Yeah. So it's it's like you have to consider all of those things. You can even argue somewhat, as much as I'm hating myself at this point, that Manny is not quite given the benefit of the doubt because of all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I don't like Manny Lego, so, you know. Yeah, there's two things to this. One is ownership group. Uh, I look at Arthur Blank, and billions and billions of dollars, right? Um, what does he own? Home Depot? Is it Home Depot, right? I think so. Home Depot. Big company, right? Uh, Bill McGuire, what did he do? Well, uh, he was CEO of CEO, United Health. But United Health. That's the same he, thing cashed out and he yeah. got lots of money but that's what he has okay yeah. Arthur Blank can have his stadium right now has the lowest uh, price on concessions yeah because he says oh people should be able to... oh that's because you didn't spend money on this damn stadium yeah. dude you can do that shit guess what's gonna happen when we go to Allianz Field prices are gonna be what they were are at uh, probably not at the bank bank is super high yeah It'll but they're going to be about what they are for Target Field yeah. and those places. And people are going to be mad about it. But the fact is, he paid for this whole thing himself. We knew he couldn't get it through the Senate of the of Minnesota. There was not gonna, it was not going to yeah. happen. So he did it himself. Two, 
Manny Lagos reminds me, well, it's the same way it is in all a lot of Minnesota sports. We get a guy who's been with the team for a long time, and all of a sudden he becomes our general manager, coach, whatever it is. And we go, well, he's been here. I've seen articles about Manny. Well, he's been here since the NASL and pre, the Thunder days. He's been here since we play. Did he play for the Thunder? I think he played for uh, the Thunder. Yeah, he did right before. For his dad, was. right? So he's been here since the dawn of time of soccer in Minnesota. Yeah. And now he is the general manager of this team. That becomes a problem for teams like ours because we start thinking, well, he's one of us. Let's give him benefit of the doubt. You know, blah, blah, blah. No. You know, the Twins went through this with um, their last general manager, and I can't think of his name. Uh, and they got Thad Levine and Derek Falvey. They brought those guys in. Uh, the Timberwolves, same deal. They had general manager, been with them forever, and they brought in, well, Thibodeau, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, the Vikings, same deal. It's, they've all gone through this before, right. where you've had guys who've been here forever, and then you keep them there because you think, well, they're Minnesota guys. They've been let's just give them an opportunity. Yep. Um, Lagos has maybe one half of a year left, maybe. If they do not step it up next half of next year, he should be gone. That's I the agree. way it should work. Yeah, I agree. And nothing against him, Manny Lagos. And the Lagos family has done a lot for soccer in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have no problems with that. But you can't go into this position now and screw up and think you're right. just going to hang out. Yep. It's MLS now. You know. I agree. We got to make money. We got to put butts in the seats. And Allianz Field is only going to have butts in the seats for one year. If they suck, the year after that. We're screwed. Yeah, I agree. So, on that, let's go off to our next subject, which is the announcement that Madison Pro Soccer right. is going to be our affiliate in, what is it? Uh, next year. Next year in, is it USL? It's, so, yeah. I mean, USL League 2, I think? It is... League One. League One. Okay. So, so which is Division Three. Division Three. So MLS would be what? Division One. One. So, so the USL Championship is, is League two. two. Okay. So the League Three. So we're gonna become affiliates with a uh, third tier. I'd call it third tier, right? Third tier soccer team in Madison, Wisconsin, um, which is exciting for us, I think, because um, I guess they want to kind of go the way of England. We were talking about this before the podcast. They want to go the way of England and have this kind of affiliates and kind of stuff like that. And we can go on a road trip and see Madison play and maybe see some players that will play on the loons at some point in the future. Um, what do you think this does for us in terms of our team? Does it help us? Well, I think it's a huge benefit because, yeah. you know, right now we have, uh, you know, Mason Toy has been in with 
the switchbacks, Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. He was back last night, but you know, the, it's kind of a back and forth. You got Alundia Co. who's in Carolina. Yeah, it's is that Charlotte? Mm, I can't I remember. Think it's somewhere like, in somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then you have Almsburg, who's been out to Pittsburgh, I think it is. And then who's in Vegas? Yeah, and then Manley's in Vegas. Manley's in Vegas, yeah. And and you know, that's that's tough. You've got that's, yeah, you've got yeah. four guys that are off in four different areas. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you ultimately you want to have that affiliate team where you can send every single player exactly right to the exact exactly same right. team. Yep, yep, yep. They can maybe even play together. You know, yep. they're going to get minutes together for sure. Yep. And so. The affiliate agreement also gives you a little bit of control over, you know, how they're played. Yep. Um, you know, how many minutes they get. You know, there's probably going to be a situation where it's like, well, this player isn't doing so well. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, Madison's going to have to come back to MNUFC and be like, okay, he's been getting minutes, but he's not doing well. Yeah. Can we start sitting him? You know, there's yeah. those those sure, control sure, sure. situations. Sure, sure, sure. Or that you're not going to get with what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's huge. And it, in my opinion, I think that's how we should be. You know, this is only going to be mm-hmm. for 2019, the way it sounds. Yeah. And then they want to have their own, like, Minnesota United Tour or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a bad idea. I think we should just do an affiliate. So be over. if they did their own Minnesota United two, I mean, would, where would that be though? It would be in the same. It'd be in Madison. Yeah, I think. I think what I well, no, it would be. It would be somewhere, but it would be probably. I would bet it'd be like Rochester or something, but it'd be in the mm. same league as okay. Madison. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, I think from what I've heard, USL is telling MLS that your your uh, second tier teams can yeah. be in USL but they have to be down so there cannot be so it, what you're saying is we can have a, a third tier but a second tier that's still kind right. of you can't be affiliated with a second tier right and so, it, you know and that's the way I think that's the way it should be if yeah. you're not going to do what England does with having the reserve league mm-hmm. I think it needs to be set up in a way that they're not they're they're not really like second division. They're they're down first. Sure, sure, sure. I, I just yeah. What I mean, what I mean, I got excited about this because a, it's kind of look at it as like minor league baseball. Right. Years ago, me and Dave Stevens went to go see Joe Maurer when he played for the uh, single A affiliates of the Twins down in the Quad Cities. Okay. So we got to see him when he was like nineteen. Yeah. Which was awesome, right? Um. And it was a great road trip. So to be in Madison for a year, like we talked about before, we could do a road, we could do a road trip next right. summer and go see some guys who potentially could be with the Loons and decide to get their own team, which I, you don't want to happen, but it could potentially happen. Oh, I think it will, yeah. Rochester or even Duluth could be like two yeah. of those places that they could do. Um, that'd be even better because that we have uh, road trip opportunities to or go to Fargo. Or Fargo. Well, Fargo. Yeah. Hopefully not. Let's Alexandria. Well, Alexandria would be nice. Could we do Alexandria maybe? Cuz that'd be closer here. It's kind of small though. I know, but they could get big for soccer. 
You get all those farm people out there. Not, they wouldn't do Alexander. They wouldn't do. It. They didn't do St. Cloud. I mean, St. Cloud. All those offensive linemen sized players. Yeah, the big white guys. Yeah. We don't play soccer. We don't kick the ball. Uh, sorry if there's any <laughs> big guys. Um, so Rochester potentially. Well, more than likely, maybe Duluth. Uh, maybe Iowa. They could do an Iowa team right. like Des Moines or something like that. But the fact of the matter is, getting this involvement with us, getting a relationship with that, just helps us yeah. in the long term. Immensely. Immensely. Um, and it's exciting because you want to go see those young guys play. And it's cool to see yeah. lower leagues play. You and I and all of our friends went to go see the Loons when they were in USL. Yep. And I saw them also when they were in the leagues before that up in Blaine. And that was always a fun time. Yeah. I mean... We're never going to get that back. Right. <laughs> you know, but we can see it maybe for a weekend at like Madison yeah. or Rochester Duluth, you know, see exactly. it for a weekend and have a good you time. You know, and actually, now that you're mentioning it, I think Milwaukee would be a fantastic place. That's for, a little. For affiliate. Yeah, you know, I can see that. But that would, wouldn't that kind of get into Chicago territory, though? That's the point, though. That Yeah. So there, there is a. A connection with where your affiliate is. Yep. You get rights to sure. the region. Sure. So it makes sense to do um, Madison because you're yeah. you're encroaching in on Chicago. Where you're going halfway between Wisconsin. Yeah. Now Milwaukee, I mean it doesn't change anything, you're still encroaching on Chicago. Yeah. But I think it the you know, just the population center is bigger. But I think Milwaukee would be more of a, a bigger encroachment. On Chicago oh, yeah, side, and I think I, which being from Wisconsin and not liking Illinois, that's yeah. fantastic to me. But you'd have to think that Chicago would be like, uh, nah, we would like to have Milwaukee ourselves. That could be, you know, I, that's what I would think. And I don't, I don't know what Chicago has for an affiliate. Well, do we know it? I mean, Does this is kind of. Do they have an affiliate? This is kind of all uh, for for me. I mean, I don't know for you, but this is this whole affiliate thing is kind of a new thing that yeah, we're kind of I mean, getting into. I just started following USL this past year, so I'm kind yeah. Of I mean, that. we're kind of in unlooked at territory yeah. here, and the fact that we don't know a we don't know how it's going to work out. Right. We don't know what 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 the kind of are the loons going to be able to say to Madison. Do this, this, and this. Are they going to listen to that? Are they not going to listen to it? Do they right. have to? What are they? Because they haven't signed anything yet. Right. What are the rules for what's going to happen? Yeah. Yep. And you know that's that's the thing. I know that they were they've been trying to find one, and they've been having a hard time finding one because mm-hmm. they only want 2019. Yeah. And the other team, you know, and all the teams have been saying, "Well, we will do this, but we want, but we want more than extended that. period." Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Madison makes sense. There, there are some connections. I remember a few months back, a couple months back, um, uh, another guy on Twitter, him and I were discussing this, and I did some research, and there's there are some connections. I think it's like the VP of Madison was the general manager of Indy 11. Sure, sure. So he knows Manny Lagos. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I, read, I think I read that, yeah. And then there's... There's somebody else in the Madison organization that has worked directly with some Chris Wright, I think it is. Wasn't there somebody in the Madison organization who was with the Lo- uh, with the Lewins back in the day, though? I think. Oh, there was. that's it. There yeah. was somebody that uh, worked with the Thunder. 
Yeah, yeah. Thunder. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, you know, there's there were some connections. So back two months ago or whenever that was, uh, the, this other individual and I were discussing how Madison made the most sense because yeah. there are these little connections with Minnesota United. Uh, you know, and so I think those connections might help negotiating the the controls that Minnesota United sure, want. Sure. Um, but regardless, if we just simply having a team where all of our players can go and at any time, I mean, whether yeah. it's nursing an injury, injury, or, yep, yeah, yep, yep. I mean, that's going to be a huge benefit. That's minor leagues in the baseball, yeah. that's the same deal. Um, I will throw this at you though. Uh, having a team, Madison, fantastic. But from Bill McGuire's standpoint, do you think they want to have a team in Minnesota in a smaller city to kind of grow the, the the soccer thing around here? I mean, having a team in Rochester would be nice because that's, again, a bigger city. And having a division, th- uh, we'll call it three, having them in Rochester would be fantastic for fans down there. Right. Or even Duluth. Having it, you know, in Minnesota, you know, would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think there'd be a lot of benefits, whether it's yeah. even because even because even benefits going to another sport, the Wild uh, hockey team has talked about having their team in Rochester. Okay, having their affiliate team move to Rochester, Minnesota, because they want it to be in Minnesota, two hours away from yep. Minneapolis, be closer, so there can be a you, travel time is. Not right. crazy, you know. Uh, that's what this one thing about baseball that I can't stand is the fact that you've got all the affiliates who are all over the country. Yeah. And if the Twins are playing a game in, let's say they're playing in Los Angeles, and their Rochester affiliate out in Rochester, New York, they build up a guy from AAA. They got to ship them all the way across the country to get where's that. And I understand that you know baseball has four different, you know, five different minor league. Right. systems you know but it's always nice to have a team that's close to where you're at to right. make sure those guys can kind of come and go when they need to yep yeah i agree you know yeah it, it'll be it'll be a good thing regardless yeah. you know even a very basic agreement will be better than nothing yeah yeah so that's exciting news uh what else we got anything crazy going on anything you also want to talk about no, I think I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, again, Dave Stevens is on assignment in Argentina, looking for players. Right. Yeah, looking for a new podcast to join. He's going to join the Argentinian podcast when he's down there. When they come back and be like, "Yeah, I'm the new uh, stats guy for Argentina, whatever it is." Yeah. Potentially, no, do that. Um, so I guess this is it, guys. Uh, great podcast as always. Myself, Tony Pervianzi, Dave Sterling. We'll see you guys in two weeks. See ya.
Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.